0: Amen. Do we have our Bibles this morning? Yes. All right. If you do, uh, why don't you uh, turn or click there with me to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures here today. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and then we're going to look at Titus chapter 3. And the, the title of my message today is God's people in a crazy world. I wondered how many giggles and nervous laughter I would get god 's people in a crazy world um, so this will be a different message than than what I probably normally would would preach today, but uh, the Lord just put this subject matter pretty heavy on my heart because um, I think we as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to have a very healthy response to those moments when it seems like things are a little crazy in our world. I'll illustrate the craziness in just a little bit, but I will tell you this, that whatever state you think our nation is in and what our world is in right now, I can tell you it's nothing new. It really isn't. It might be dressed differently. <laughs> Literally, it may be. <laughs> all right. It may be dressed differently, may look differently, may be presented differently. But to be quite honest with you, there's really nothing new under the sun. That there, there, this this kind of craziness in our world. And when I say craziness, I'm I'm talking about this. This effort to distance a country or uh, individuals or for leadership themselves to distance themselves from what God's word has to say. And what does God's word have to say about that? Well, I want to share some messages with you. So we're going to look at the book of 1 Timothy and we're going to look at the book of Titus. Now, These two books were not written by Timothy and Titus. These two guys were actually pastors themselves, and their mentor was a man by the name of Paul, who you've heard about. And Paul is writing to these young pastors and encouraging them uh, in the midst of their time Dealing with people. Timothy was dealing with the church in Ephesus. That's where he was the pastor. And Titus was the pastor at, uh, in the island of Crete. And both of these guys, looks like, needed some encouragement in this way. And I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to share these words with you. So if you're able to, would you be willing to stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? And if you don't have your Bible... Uh, I'll have all of our verses on the screen today as well, okay? So here we go, First Timothy chapter 2, let's start in verse 1. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now, if you want to turn or click to the book of Titus, or you could follow with me on the screen, whatever you prefer. Now we're in Titus chapter 3. And Paul tells Pastor Titus some similar things. He says, "...remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone." Lord, I pray that you would show us from your word. God, we're not going to rely on the opinions of man. We're not going to rely on what's popular or whatever. But God, we're going to rely on your word. So God, may your word come alive as to how we as your followers, Jesus, should respond in the world that we live in, in the nation that we live in, in the culture that we live in. So speak to us, I pray, God, in your name and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. <sighs> Let me just preface this by saying that I will probably be an equal opportunity offender today, okay? All right? Someone's going to get mad. And, and, and again, please know my heart, okay? I don't write messages so I can make people mad. I, I, if I want to make you mad, <laughs> I wouldn't do it through a sermon, Uh <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, i just go on Facebook and hide behind my keyboard like most people do. Did I say that out loud? Here we go. <laughs> but I think God has something to say to the church. And I think God has something to say about the condition of our world as well. Uh, it doesn't take too long. Just an easy search through, let's say, Twitter or even online where you could find out that there are some things going on in our country and in our world that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, should be concerned about. Very much so. Uh, let me show you a few examples. For the last year and a half or so now, we've dealt with this thing called COVID-19. And our response to that has been interesting uh, things were shut down. Now we find out here in Ohio that all of the health restrictions will be lifted in about two and a half weeks. Uh, respond to that, however you want to respond to that. But uh, we're, we're we're seeing curves flattened and toilet paper hoarded and 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 uh, and <laughs> Purell depleted, and and we it really showed a lot about how. Uh, Society will respond to something serious like this, and and mind you, I'm not demeaning the seriousness of COVID. Uh, there was at, there was one point in our church where we had 19 families at the same time who had it in one way, shape, or form. So we know it's a serious thing, uh, but it has played havoc with our world, and I think people's response to it has been very interesting to watch. As a side note, uh, I am positive that whenever the rapture takes place, that the chaos that will ensue for those that are left behind will be next level. Aren't you glad you don't have to go through that if if you know Jesus? Amen? Uh, how about what's happening in the Middle East right now? Some of you may not be up to date on this thing, but currently right now in the Middle East, there is a conflict between Israel and through uh, the, the Palestinians, primarily a group by the name of Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization that has been um, supplied through some of our enemies, most, mostly Iran. And they are firing missiles regularly at population centers in Israel, uh, hiding their weaponry in hospitals, in elementary schools, in places that are populated, to the point where Israel literally communicates to these buildings we're getting ready to bomb you so they can evacuate, and then they bomb. It's crazy. The picture that you see in the bottom right is something called the Iron Dome where missiles are constantly being fired at Israel and Israel is firing at the missiles and they're exploding in the air. If you if you haven't seen a video of this, it is a wild sight. And this is crazy. People are asking me, does this have any implications for the church? Does this have any implications for uh, the book of Revelation, I would tell you, I believe that it, we're getting there. I believe that we're getting there. And let me just pause and say that the Bible tells us that we should pray for the peace of Israel. Okay? Uh, it is important that we as followers of Jesus Christ embrace the nation of Israel. Why? Because God embraces the nation of Israel. Those are His people. Don't mess with God's people. Okay, Let's keep going. Boy, gender flu- fluidity. Wow, we have people at the high levels of our government now that are that are transgender. Apparently, now the answer to well, no, I won't say that. Never mind. But we have prominent people now who are very confused. Very confused. And, and all of this gender fluidity, parents and grandparents of daughters, if your daughters play sports, are you okay with a boy banging against your daughter on the soccer field, or on the rugby field, or on the field hockey field, because now he says he's a girl, sharing the locker room with her? Pastor Phil, you're just talking extremes. No, I'm not. This is happening. This is happening. There's this, this is not, well, you know, we need to progress. We have not progressed here. This is a regression from what God's Word says. I'm going to talk about how we respond to this. How about the violence that's in our country right now? Oh, my goodness. It breaks my heart. No matter what color the person might be, uh, the, the, just the violence that takes place in our streets, in, in, in neighborhoods. I grew up in Illinois near Chicago. That that place is a war zone every single weekend. People are dying because of violence from other people. And I will tell you, we need to pray for our law enforcement officers, by the way. We need to pray for our police because, oh, do they need, they need support. and They need the touch of God. They need the protection of God more than ever. Are there some bad ones? Probably. There's some bad pastors out there too. But that doesn't mean we throw the whole thing out. We, we cannot have lawlessness because lawlessness is symptomatic of the Antichrist. How about the disregard for human life right now? You know what? Years ago, folks, I told you that if we have a disregard for the unborn, we will have a disregard for the already born. And we're seeing it. God believes all life is precious. All life is precious. And through abortion or through just casting seniors aside and saying, well, they've lived their life, they can just... No, no, that's not what God's Word has to say. There's other things going on out there that that we need to be very, very careful for. Now, if this has offended you, okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Hang on, because I could tell you from God's Word that all this stuff is just wrong. So I don't apologize for that. We need to be very on guard right now about what is taking place in our country, and we need to be aware of it. Let me give you a side note, by the way. You're going to hear the word equity instead of equality a lot, okay? I'm just going to give you a tiny history lesson here, okay? Equality means we all have the same opportunity. Equity means we all get the same result. Okay? Currently, we live or are supposed to live in a society of equality. Regardless of gender, regardless of race, ethnicity, background, we at least get the same opportunities or close to it. But equity means that no matter who a certain person is, no matter what they've done, no matter what work they've done, everybody gets the same result. That's called Marxism, okay? So when you hear the word equity thrown around on the news programs, you need to understand that that is a red flag, okay? All right, let's go back to the word now, Okay? So we got all this going on, and it's just like, wow, Lord, what, what's, I, I, I really can't believe it's because of a hundred days of, of an administration. I can't believe that, that it's because of this or that. It, 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 and it's bigger than this. It's way bigger than this. There have been Democrats, Republicans, and whoever that have been in charge. We're, we're just seeing this stuff increase and increase and increase. So I don't think it's because of either the donkey or the elephant, To be quite honest with you, we need the Lamb. But our scriptures that we just read, I think, speak to our response to this. And I believe it uncovers some very important areas of our lives as to how a follower of Jesus Christ should respond to, and this was just a small list, by the way, How do we respond to this as a Christ follower? Let me show you. You ready? Here's the first area, and that's in our prayers. You cannot go wrong by praying for your leaders. Look at 1 Timothy 1, verses 1 and 2 again. Take a look. Here's what he says. I urge then... First of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. And then he itemizes this list. For kings and those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Today, uh, Paul would probably write, I, I encourage you to pray for presidents or for governors and, and for mayors and for those who are in Authority. We cannot go wrong as a church, as followers of Jesus, we cannot go wrong praying for our governmental leaders. Oh, that should have been a really good amen there. And and I've, I've posted stuff like this on social media. We should pray. We should pray for this leader. Well, Brother Pastor Phil... That, uh, I don't agree with that person. I'm trying to see where the word agree is on there. I don't see it. See, here's the deal. Our prayers are not dependent on whether we agree with a leader or not. Now, y'all are amening me. But when's the last time you actually prayed for a leader that you disagree with? See, Paul said, "Our first line of defense, folks. If you want change, okay, I think we've seen by now that an election is not going to change things. It's not going to take this away. Not, not, not all that stuff I showed you. Come Come on. Well, what we need, we we need to get a Christian in the White House. Been there, done that. Didn't work." Didn't work. So I'm beginning to realize that the one who could really bring change is Jesus Christ. And he does not need to be elected because he is king. And he is Lord. And he is in charge. And we go to him and we say, Lord, I pray for our president. I pray for the vice president. I pray for their cabinet. I pray for our governor. I pray. Have I agreed with everything that these people have done? No. But I could still pray. I could still pray. You cannot go wrong by praying. So that's number one. Our response is to do what Paul told Timothy. You pray. Number two. Number two. I want to talk about our perspective because this is important. This is important. There's some wording here that Paul uses in verses 3 through 6 that are really important for us Jesus followers. Take a look at what it says. It says this. This is good, the prayer. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people, everybody say all, Who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, there's that word again, all, for all people. Here's our perspective. In the midst of the craziness in this world. See, some of you, you saw pictures of people here and Kind of made you nervous or, or made, maybe it made you very uneasy, but can I tell you that all people need Jesus? There is not one case that we dismiss and say that, no, nah, not for them, not for them. Folks, if the blood does not cover all sin, then it doesn't cover any sin. Jesus died for all of mankind all of mankind. So whatever sin it is that makes you the most sick, whatever sin it is that bothers you the most, whatever your top five list is, understand that people that are steeped in that sin, they still need Jesus. They need Jesus. Here's the deal. We need to see people the same way Jesus sees people. See, I don't get freaked out when I see a, quote, sinner. Neither did Jesus, by the way. (laughs) Jesus' harshest words were with the religious, by the way. Just so you know. Religious people drove him nuts. They did. (laughs) They drive me nuts too. (laughs) But somebody doesn't know the Lord? Oh, come on. Come on. I see that person who's stuck in addiction. I see that person who's made some terrible choices. I see that person who who is so full of hate. And do you know what I see? I see a person that Jesus died for. That's who I see. That's why when you hear me, when you hear me identify a person who is not saved, I will always tell you this, they don't know the Lord yet. I always throw the word yet. I encourage you to do the same thing. Because there is still a chance. There is still a chance if they are alive, if they're breathing, if they're barely breathing, there's still a chance that they can find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There's nobody outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. And when we start being hurtful to individuals instead of hating the sin, we have made a grave mistake. And the church has been terrible about this over the years. Well, those, whatever your pet sin is, I don't even want them in our church. You know what I don't want in my church? Some egotistical, prideful spirit that would keep somebody from knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what I don't want. Jesus died. Jesus died for me. Where would I be without Jesus? Some of your stories here, you were a hot mess before Jesus. Aren't you glad no one gave up on you? Some of you watching online right now, you were stuck in drugs. You were a mess. You were in jail. You were just so hateful. You were a jerk. But, I mean, I could go on. Now I'm going to name names. No, I'm not. But <laughs> well, that would be terrible. Phil, I don't like you. But what happened? Jesus got a hold of you. The blood of Jesus covered your sin and changed you completely. That's what it is. That's what it is. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I, I was blind, but, but now, now I can see. That, that's when we see people who are in sin. We see people who need Jesus. Number three. Okay, here we go, God. Uh, Number three, let's talk about our practices as followers of Jesus Christ. We're living in this crazy world, so how should we conduct ourselves? How should we respond to leadership that is not following Jesus? Jesus. How do, we, how do we respond to leadership that has chosen to distance themselves from what God's Word has to say? How, how do we respond to that? Let me show you Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. to be ready to do whatever is good. (laughs) Ta-da! Can I remind you who Paul had in mind as he wrote this? A man by the name of Nero, an emperor by the name of... You think your government's bad? Nero used Christians as human candles in his garden. Set them on fire. And with that backdrop, we get this verse? Wait till you hear some of the other verses. How about this one? 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter's writing. He says, "...submit yourselves for the Lord's sake." To every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do uh, who do right. For it is God's will, but that by doing good you should silence the ignorant (laughs) talk, and I should also say social media postings of foolish people. Message Bible. I just threw that in there. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor. Who? The emperor. The candle guy. While Peter was writing this, there was a man in the Roman cabinet who tried to have his horse become part of the cabinet. I'm not kidding. You talk about some weak leadership. Nero, Caligula, a man who, whose evil just knew no bounds. And, and these men of God are telling believers, hey, uh, honor those authorities, submit to them, follow them. This is where I offend the other side. See, because if we would pray about our president instead of posting about our president, we'd probably have revival. Now, there's a line here, okay? Romans... Romans, well, let me say this. If we don't have a biblical view of our leaders, then we can't expect the blessing of God. So if I publicly, let's say I disagree with the mayor of Talmadge. I actually like uh, our mayor, Mayor Klein. I think he's a great guy. Uh, We don't agree on everything, but I like him. But if if I were to publicly disparage him, okay, what have I done? I've shown blatant disrespect to a leader that God has put over me. What do you mean God's put him in front? Romans 13 verse 1 says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, even the bad ones, even the ones that you disagree with. Do you actually think that after an election, God has been sitting on his throne and all of a sudden he goes, Oh no, that was my guy. I should have campaigned harder. This is God. And God is sovereign. And leaders will come and go, but God will last forever. Laws will come and go, but the Word of God will never change. And so I need to do things God's way. Now again, there's a line here, okay if, if I'm commanded by the government to no longer serve Jesus, okay, now we've got a problem because now you've crossed a line because now you are keeping you 're trying to keep me from worshiping my Lord. And now you're keeping, trying to keep me from my walk with God. I'm sorry. But now, to quote Peter, it is better that we obey God rather than man. If there is a choice between the two, listen to me, if there is a choice between the two, I didn't say that if you disagree with this leader that you bash him on the name of Jesus, hallelujah. What I'm saying is there is a choice between obeying God Or obeying man, God wins every time. God wins every time. Okay. We we see this in the book of Daniel on a couple of occasions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they the whole country was told when the trumpet blasts, you will bow to an idol of Nebuchadnezzar. And three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood because they knew what God's Word says. They were brought to a point where it was either obey God or obey man. At that point, you obey God. Daniel was told not to pray. It was through a setup of a bunch of guys that were jealous of him, and the king made this decree that Daniel should not pray. Daniel said, no, 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 no. No, This is, this is part of my relationship with God. I will pray I will pray. In fact, I'll open up the window so y'all can see me pray. So when it comes between obeying God and obeying man, we obey God. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're not there yet. We're not. Nothing is stopping you from worshiping God. Not right now. And I'm thankful for that. There are countries right now, some actually have listened to our sermons from this church by way of CD and have played the CD in their underground church in a closed country for fear of being arrested for their faith. Okay, weep. Seriously, someone made fun of you because you wore a t-shirt and you think you're persecuted? Okay, we're blessed. We're blessed. So how do we respond? We submit. We even submit to laws that we disagree with. You may not like red lights. I disagree with red lights. If you keep running them, you're going to find out that that's a terrible idea. Not only that, but someone else is probably going to get hurt too. Well, I disagree with this, and I, I don't like... Okay, I don't like that 20-mile-per-hour speed limit in the school zones, okay? Okay? Uh, you know, at least let me go 25. Oh, my goodness. It, it's like, holy cow. You know, you drive through a school zone, it's like you got to shave again. It took forever. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. Okay, but th- this is the law. I follow that law. Okay? Whether I disagree with it or not, submission. We saw the word submit. Submission doesn't even start until you disagree with the leader. I'll submit as long as I agree. (laughs) That's not submission. That's not submission. Submission comes even when it goes against. That's why we have laws. That's why we have rules. And submission to things that we disagree with is tough. But it's a way that especially the church can demonstrate just how authentic their faith is. You think God can still work through you while you still obey the laws of the land? Yes. Yes. Well, he's not my president. I've seen Christians post this. We attack the governor because he has the unenviable job of trying to navigate a state through a pandemic like we could do much better. And so, so we, we, as the body of Christ, we tear people down. You will never hear me tear down a leader. You will hear me go against policies and issues But you will not hear me condemn a person because that's where I've crossed the line as a follower of Jesus. Some of you don't like that, but it's truth. I'm almost done. But some Christians really got shook up at this last election. They called me. Say, there were even prophetic words, pastor. What about the prophecies? I guess they were wrong. Be Thankful it's not the Old Testament. The whole city gate, rocks, and oh, yeah. It's not, doesn't end well. Well, I I just, I will not accept it. and, and. I, I'm really in touch with culture. Or I try to be, at least. Uh, and and I go on social media and, and I see a lot of Christians that just say the most awful things. And I'm Okay, I'm just going to give you... Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. 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 But, but could it be that your guy didn't get elected because we had Christians putting more faith in a president than they did in Jesus Christ. And I fear that if our church, not our church, capital C church, if the church is not careful, we will almost make a president, a presidential candidate, almost an idol. and some did i used to make the joke yeah we had two people accept trump as their lord and savior last and, and 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 that's a joke it's a terrible joke but it's a joke but but there are I, I just i i couldn't believe my eyes from pastors from from church leaders i'm like what is wrong with you what is wrong did my guy win no Am I still going to do what God's Word tells me to do? Yes. Am I still going to act like a Jesus follower? Yes. And I'm going to go further. The church is usually at its best when it's under some kind of persecution. So I expect that as all the crazy keeps on going, I totally expect that the church is going to rise up and the Holy Spirit's going to fall in this country like never before. And we will see a move of God like we've never seen before. And there is not a president, a vice president, a governor, a mayor, a dog catcher. There is not a person that can stop a genuine move of God. Not one. And nor do we need one person to usher it in. How does God move? He is moving through the most effective tool in all of church history, and that is the church. And the church needs to rise up. Let's quit putting our faith, again, in the, in the donkey or in the elephant. Let's put it in the Lamb of God. Let's put it in Jesus Christ. That's what we need, folks. That's what we need. I got I, I to gotta go. I, I got to finish. I got to finish. Do you love the pastor? Okay, okay, kind of. Good. Okay, that's good, too. That's all right. I'll take kind of. Here we go. Yeah, I know. I am, too. I am too. I'm starving. I'm starving. (laughs) Upsetting people makes me famished, so I'm a little peckish. Um, Okay, Ralph, if you can help me. Okay, yeah. Well, no, is that what you just said? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here's the last one, and I'm done. Oh, boy. (laughs) Visitors, give me another chance, please. Okay, that'd be great. The people. Uh, Uh, Paul tells Pastor Titus that we need to be careful how we deal with people. What's he mean by that? Primarily, verse 2, look at this, verses 1 and 2, it says, Remind the people to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. That This is the mark of a follower of Jesus Christ what you're reading on the screen right now. That's it. And I think Paul was very concerned about the type of Christianity that was going to be displayed to the rest of the world. And I am too. Um, If you know me at all, you know I love to have fun. I love to make people laugh. But my witness is huge for me. Everywhere I go, bad service, good service, I want to demonstrate authentic Christianity to them. And it's not like I pin them down and give them the four spiritual laws, you know. But I could certainly, I can do this. I I could be considerate to one another. I, I could be gentle at all times. Can I remind you what Jesus himself said in Matthew? He said, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds. doesn't even say anything about your words yet. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I got this crazy idea in my head that every action that I display out there, outside these walls, it, it's I'm representing Jesus somehow. So if I could be known as the nicest customer that they, that they have... I want to know it's not just because Phil Anderson's a nice guy. I want to know it's because this is Jesus in me. We need to let our light shine. We're not going to slander people. Come on. Folks, Jesus is coming soon. We don't have time for that nonsense. We don't. We've got a mission We've got a world that needs Jesus. They need the Lord. And Jesus trusts you. Think of that. The Lord trusts you with the most important message of mankind. Jesus died for you. He's alive. He changed my life. He could change yours. Do I have all the I's dotted in the T's crossed? No. Am I a work in progress? Oh yeah. But I've got a hope. I've got a strength. I've got a friend that you can have as well. That's what our world needs. The world doesn't need another argument. The world doesn't need another fight on social media. the world needs Jesus (laughs) and you're his ambassadors I'm his ambassador God's people in a crazy world God needs the church to be strong capital C and Bethel Church God needs the church to pray We need the church to display authentic Christianity to a world that needs it. And I truly believe that out of the craziness that is our culture right now, God can do his best stuff yet. That's what I believe. Stand with me, will you? Did you get anything out of this? I'll be honest with you, the response to this message really takes place outside these doors. It really does. I'm going to lead us in prayer, but I want to challenge you. And and that challenge might begin the moment the server forgets your refill today. Earth-shattering stuff. Maybe we could still be authentic Jesus followers at that moment someone's going to cut you off and I hate that and that brings out the worst in me sometimes that's why I don't have Christian bumper stickers on my car (laughs) I told you I was a work in progress okay but but what I'm saying is that this will be tested so my prayer is going to be a God God help us to rise above the test. And you know what? Even if we mess up, even if we fail, even if we drop the ball, my my prayer is that God would help us to ask his forgiveness, dust ourselves off, and keep trying again, and keep trying again, and keep trying again, because Jesus is coming soon, and this world desperately needs him. So Jesus, I pray that today we would go with you lord go before us but lord we we take you with us so lord whether it be to our own homes to a restaurant to our our campuses to our workplaces on social media god i pray that we would represent you in a way that is profound and god we we don't just wait for our sunday to pray for our, our leaders in our country god yeah we do that now And so, God, I pray for your touch in our president, and the vice president. Touch our Supreme Court. Touch our Congress, our Senate. Touch our our governor, our mayors, our our leaders. God, touch them all. God, God, give them grace. And if they don't know you, I pray they find you as Lord and Savior. God, what a moment that would be. But, God, we'll pray again tomorrow. We'll pray again the next day. And we'll pray again the next day, Lord Jesus. And we'll just keep on praying. And God, I pray that we just display what real Christianity is all about. So, Father, have your way as we leave this place, God. Help us to live this stuff out. And when we don't get it right, help us to try again until you come back for us. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. I love you so much. Love you. God bless you. Go with the Lord. He'll go with you today. Amen.